Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. I'm Jeremy. And my name is Pam. Today, we are back with our roundtable series where we will be talking with some other Kelly Clarkson fans. We'll be bringing up some topics. We'll bring up some questions. And we're going to just go around the room and give our input. Pretty simple. We're going to be talking about things regarding tour, the new album, some really random things as well. But it all pertains to Kelly. And we know that's why you show up, because you love (laughs) Kelly just as much as we do. So, yay. I'm excited. And we have... We have Hope three so. new people. Um, I don't really know any of them, but they are uh, fans of the podcast, and we're very excited to mm-hmm. have them on. Yeah, it's always exciting to have new faces on the show, so we're very excited to have them come in, and we'll uh, be discussing all things about the uh, current state of affairs and such with Kelly Clarkson here on the show today. We are so excited to welcome three Awesome Kelly fans to the podcast today. Welcome, Brett, Danny, and Jay. Hello. Hey, guys. Good to have you with us today. Thanks so much for being a part of our latest roundtable episode. Uh, let's go uh, kind of round the horn and uh, introduce everybody individually. Uh, Brett, let's start with you. Where are you from? I am from Connecticut. Ooh, you're not right far on. from me. That's exciting. Yep. Northeast fan up here. Northeast. So are you, are you right closer on. to Massachusetts? Yeah, okay. like right on the line. Almost in Massachusetts. Okay, then you're not that close. But hey, Northeast, what's up? <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Hey. Um, yeah, you Brett, too. tell us a little bit about yourself when you became a Kelly fan and just a little bit about your experience as a Kelly fan. Yeah, so um, like many, I was a fan all the way uh, from the beginning. Um, when Kelly was on Idol, I was like, when she won, I think I was 10 years old. So I always say, I remember the night she won, I was supposed to be, it was past my bedtime. So I like pretended to be asleep on the couch. So my mom wouldn't make me go to bed (laughs) so I could watch her win. Um, And, you know, my love for her has just grown ever since. I, I like to sing and have just admired her voice and talent for so long. And then as we all know, she's, you know, her uh, personality and just what a great person she has matches the talent. And so she's just, she's my favorite. I love that. And you know what, awesome. mom, you had to watch, you know, you you had to watch history be made. So like whatever, it's fine. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. right. I, I give her help for it even still. Exactly. <laughs> whatever, mom. Uh Danny, um it's so nice to meet you. Tell everyone where you're from and a little bit about yourself as a Kelly fan. Hi. Yeah, nice to meet you all. I'm uh in Los Angeles, California. Ooh. Um so I guess kind of close to everything, but when you're in LA like nothing is close. So um, uh, <laughs> but I've also been a fan from the beginning. I watched American Idol like just kind of haphazardly for the first couple weeks as they were doing all the like terrible auditions and just wasn't sure what this was. Um, and then she sang respect, and I just remember referring to her as the respect girl. So I was I was fully team <laughs> to Myra at that point. They had shown her more in the beginning. Um, but my family just happened to watch like the first top 10 week and we all totally fell for Kelly. So we, it was like the first show we watched as a family together and it was really fun. That's so sweet. Have you, have yeah. you been able to go to any uh, talk show or voice tapings because you're fairly, fairly yeah. close? 
Yeah, I went and I saw her uh, at The Voice when she sang um, I Don't Think About You. Uh, nice. So that was really nice. cool. It was funny, actually. She sang it twice. The first time was like truly note perfect. Um, and she was like walking down from the little stage and there was some sort of like production issue. So they asked her to do it again. And the second performance, one that aired, was also like brilliant. But there's this one little spot where she like comes in from the bridge like a little flat and you can kind of see her like roll her eyes and like flip her hand like of course like the one that I had to, it, it was very like fun to watch in person and then I saw her talk show but like the first season so it was like Dr. Phil and like some other like they have she has much more fun guests now well I, f- I yeah. feel like that voice performance now I have to go back and watch it now that I'm more mindful that it was the second one and honestly if you saw OG talk show that's pretty damn cool I'm not gonna lie it was fun, yeah, because yeah, it was like uh, she did Uptown Funk, I think. Uh, so it was like when she was still doing the crowd involvement. Um, sure. I'm I'm like kind of team fancier lighting over the crowd involvement, like when it comes to karaoke. But it was still a fun thing to be a part Ooh, of. Oh, I didn't realize there were yeah. there were teams now. That's an interesting debate. <laughs> I, oh, yes. I perhaps made that up. I've just heard you two talk about that. I'm like, <laughs> missing the like involvement. But I just like I think all the lighting like yeah. amazingness that came from the pandemic is uh, I love it. I mean, but. listen, they won a ton of Emmys, so they're doing something right lighting wise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, and last but not least, Jay, we're so excited to welcome you. Um, you know, tell everyone where you're from and a little bit about your experience as a Kelly fan. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. My name is Jay. I'm from California and how I became a Kelly fan. I mean, I vaguely remember her from her idol days. I was three years old. So like, you know, I'm not going to have a very good memory. <laughs> record. <laughs> I probably remember when she won, but that's about it. But I, I remember vividly, I think the breakaway era. I think that's the first era I, I remember vividly from her. And I've always been a fan ever since then. But like when I became a stan, it was the season that Mariah Carey was a judge on American Idol. I'm a huge Mariah Carey stan. And when I saw Kelly perform <laughs> People Like Us, like I was like, oh my gosh. Like, cause like she was on my radar for a while, but like she got off my radar after, after a strong era, but then she came back on. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is epic. Like I, I forgot how amazing Kelly is, like, and how could you forget? Because she's just phenomenal. Yeah, because, and then, of course, I tuned in for American Idol that season because I was like, Dan Mariah Carey, so, you know, anything Mariah does, I will be there. And then, of course, their moment that they had on stage together, when then, you know, they bonded, I was like, that makes my heart happy. And then, of course, the interactions they've had on, on online and in person just makes my Kelly Raya heart happy. I love that. And it's, it's cool because, like, you know, I love that people kind of become fans at all different points in her career. And it's very interesting to see, like, what was the moment that, like, got you in? Because, you know, I think for a lot of us, it was definitely Idol. But it's nice and refreshing when you hear it's, you know, a random, like, 2009, 2011. It's, it's, it's kind of cool. So glad that you are here and on board. And we also love Mariah as well. So great. Yeah, great, exactly. great, great taste. Um, Thank you. Yes. Well, we are really excited to have you all here. Should we get into the first question? Let's do it. Let's get running. Okay. Let's get off and okay. going. Okay. So I thought of like a really, really random question. And I think what's on a lot of fans' minds right now is the new album and tour, which we're going to get into. But I thought of something completely random that I would love to pick everyone's brains about. If Kelly were to release one of these two things, which would you prefer? Would you prefer an official documentary from Kelly that could be on Netflix or whatever? Or would you prefer 
prefer a autobiography, so a book written by Kelly about her life. Um, Jeremy, Ooh. yeah, it's it's a it's a hard question. Um, Jeremy, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Does anyone here have their answer already? Yeah, I can I can start okay. us off here just to to get the ball rolling. Um, you know, between a, an autobiography and you said like a like a biographical like Netflix special or it would it would be like a behind the scenes tell all kind of thing. But would you either see it in documentary mm -hmm. form or read about it in a book written by her? I think I would rather read a book about it because the the documentary stuff, unless they decide to go in lots of different uh, segments of it, maybe they have lots of different episodes. That's one thing. But. You know, you're going to get really, really in-depth in a book. I think it's going to give you a lot more detail. And I think that there is less of a chance of it being edited down to a way where you don't feel like you're really getting the whole story. And plus, I feel like it would just be more fun to to be able to go back and read something uh, like that over and over again rather than try to go and and watch a, you know, two, two and a half hour documentary. Interesting. Danny, what, what are, what are your thoughts? I was totally going to say documentary and then Jeremy kind of convinced <laughs> me that maybe the autobiography better, like as long as it wasn't just, I don't know, like kind of fluffy. I, my initial thought of an autobiography was something that it would be a lot of what we'd kind of heard already as like, bigger fans of hers but if she really kind of took the same energy she did like with that clive davis letter or something like that like i would be like a thousand percent in on reading her autobiography but i also i love the idea of a documentary and getting some like really beautiful footage of maybe behind the scenes of creating this upcoming album or something like that that would be really exciting but yeah the prospect of kind of getting her like unfiltered life story, I would be all in. I think it also depends like when she puts this out, you know, I think that's another thing right, to yeah. consider. Um, Brett, what, what are, what, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with team book or autobiography as well. I'm like already envisioning like an epic book cover, <laughs> like walking into the store <laughs> and seeing her. Um, uh, yeah, I've wanted a book from her for a while. And I feel like um, the longer we wait, I guess the more, that can be included, but I'm really hoping that someday that does happen. Um, I'd love a documentary, but yeah, the first thing that popped into my head when you said that was just like an epic, beautiful cover in the store. So that's what I that's what I'm going for. Nice, Jay. What about you? Okay, um, I was gonna say documentary, but yeah, like Jeremy convinced me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get all the juicy details in a book. All the details that you wouldn't get in a document. I'm not saying that there can't be details in a documentary, but you know, you can only put so much in an hour and a half, two hours for a documentary. So, uh, and while I do like some of the dramatic things that are put in a documentary with the book, like nothing, almost nothing can get edited out. Like anything can get put into the book. Anything that, you know, at least Kelly would approve would get into the book. And I can't wait for like stories that we as the fans don't even know I can't wait for like all the people that, you know, she will, I ain't gonna, I, I want to see her drag people or two, but she's too nice for that. Like, <laughs> I feel like she's a little too nice, but. I would love in a book for her to really tell the stories behind like the breakaway and my December eras, you know, the, cause she really, I mean, yes, she's, she's told her side a bit in interviews and whatnot, but 
she's never really been able to give us a full look at her perspective from how much they worked her during breakaways, you know, three tour cycle all the way up to the writing and release of my December. There was, I mean, that would be your documentary right there, but I think the time has passed Mm -hmm. to release that kind of a documentary. Cause like the, like the, the Demi Lovato one is the one that I keep thinking of while we're, while we're talking about this and hers is, um, you know, one that, that covers a very small part of her life, just a, f- a few, you know, kind of a few years span. Whereas, you know, Kelly has now 20 years of a career to discuss, plus everything that happened prior to becoming uh, a professional singer. So I think there's a lot more that we can cover in there. And I think that there is a lot of little areas that I would want to know more about. You know, I mean, I obviously want to know about her transition as an artist from being a 19 year old to being a 40 year old. And you're not going to get that kind of thing in, in a, in a two and a half hour or whatever documentary. So um, I'm impressed by my ability to uh, sway people towards uh, a book form, but uh, uh, Pam, uh, we haven't heard your thoughts yet on this. Yeah. You know, it's hard. I think I would want an autobiography. Now, the other thing that wasn't brought up is, Unfortunately, a lot of autobiographies have ghostwriters. I don't know if Kelly mm-hmm. would, though. You know, I feel like she would be the person who'd be like, no, I have to write it myself. But I don't know. At the same time, most of them do have people that write it for them. They'll be in the room and they'll advise on this and they'll tell their their, their story to the ghostwriter. But that's the only thing I would be a little afraid of. Um, mm-hmm. But... And then, you know, documentary, I would love to see more, like, behind the scenes of, like, I'm not saying I need to hear about her personal life, but, like, a little bit more intimate, you see visual things. Now, on the flip side, we've seen so many behind the scenes things over the last 20 years, and would having another behind the scenes thing be super special? I don't know. It might not be. So, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm leaning towards the book. I guess so, but, like... I don't know. It's so difficult. But I guess you're right. The book, you can definitely include so much more. Um, and also, actually, now that I think about it, I may say, say team book because I want to hear the audiobook. I want to hear Kelly record the <laughs> audiobook and just hear all the, I don't know, different tones that she has and different like attitudes and her, I don't know. You just you get a lot more when you hear. Yeah, I would so I would so renew my Audible subscription if uh, <laughs> she did an audio. Exactly. Same. Exactly. So Same. autobiography. If we get an audiobook with that check, that is my answer. And I, and I think you know, in a for a documentary, I would like to because everyone always tells her you know how busy she is, and they're always commenting about how busy she is. I would love to see you know a documentary that shows how she does what she does currently, you know, in the scope of, you know, 2023, where how do you make an album, host a talk show, you're a judge on a singing competition, and you're trying to go out on tour? Like, how do you do all of that? How does that all work? That would be something that would be interesting for me. I don't know if for the casual fan or, you know, just random person who's scrolling Netflix, I don't know if there's going to be any real juice to that where, you know, it's going to be really super enticing to watch. I would personally find it interesting. Also, if we get like a book. Also, guys, feel free to chime in whenever. Jeremy and I hear ourselves talk all the time. Um, and Also about the book, I think there's a lot less saturation 
compared to like a Netflix documentary. So like she may have a really good, you know, opportunity to be on like the New York Times bestsellers list. That's another thing to add to her like awards and Well, hasn't she hasn't she been a bestseller already with her uh, like I guess book, I guess I guess uh, maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, I think the River Rose books might yeah, have I I there. think so, but in terms of like efforts, you know, like without like the children's book like yeah. as her own like standing like person exactly like like a novel not like uh, yeah, yeah. yeah not sure. like but I think, it's a good point though because i yeah. wouldn't i wouldn't have thought of that so danny good job and didn't didn't someone i think jeremy came up with like a really good title for this like a long time ago just Did uh, you? here's the thing like i thought i thought that was on this podcast maybe i'm like totally making it up but someone said like uh here's the thing like this uh uh like yeah this of the since you've been gone lyrics and that's actually like a great autobiography title for like yeah that would anyway, be so perfect that's an instant number one bestseller okay. yep. yeah <laughs> it's the cover is gonna have a picture with her somehow touching her face like she always does in yeah. every photo yeah just redo breakaway yep it's gonna be in black and white and then it'll just say at the bottom here's the thing dot dot we, dot and yeah. then like in per, and, and then like the byline is we did not we did not start out as friends my memoir of my clive davis story i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. oh my gosh if she like drags him i will totally be here for i mean if there's one person i have a, if there's one person i have a bone to pick with it's mr davis I, yeah sorry i feel like she would be very classy about it and she'd be very like tongue-in-cheek tongue yeah. and i feel like it actually wouldn't be a yeah. lot a big part of the book even though we all want the tea i feel like she would be very like brief about it which would be like yeah. but i don't know kelly we want to read your book that's the general <laughs> I know. She's very classy. Like, I'll give it to her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Because yes. she's better than me because I am I'm not classy. <laughs> I will. All right, Jeremy, do you want to pick the, the next question? I mean, I, I think you know, you you mentioned it at the very beginning here, Pam, that you know, we're definitely gonna be talking about the things that we're getting in twenty twenty three and that being a new album and tour. So I guess you know, we want to talk, uh, transition to talking about the new album that's supposedly coming up. Um, you know, Pam and I talked about this in our previous episode uh, about, you know, when we think the album is is probably going to come out. I think she and I are, are pretty set in sort of the, the late winter, early spring time frame. Um, when would you, when would you guys like to have, I mean, obviously the, the easy answer is to, I would like to have it tomorrow. <laughs> um, but when, when would you like to have the album come out? Uh, Brett, we'll start with you. So I was thinking about this. Um, I listened to the, the last episode and so it got me thinking really hard about when this might happen. And initially I thought the single obviously would come first. And I thought maybe like an album and a tour announcement on the same day, like the album drops tour announcement or Vegas mm -hmm. announcement. I'm, I'm still, you know, being from Connecticut. I mean, I'll get there, but I'm a tour would be nice, but I'm thinking maybe Vegas is more realistic for the limited time, maybe off from the talk show this summer. So um, I liked your predictions cause they were earlier than mine. Um, but I was thinking <laughs> maybe a tour announcement with the single, just to give them some times for ticket sales and things. So I was thinking like March 10th, for a single release and a tour announcement to promote the upcoming album. So like right. tour slash Vegas in March. And then I don't know why I really like May 19th for the album. I want you to say um, May 19th because it's right after it's right after my, my birthday. It's two days after. So happy <laughs> birthday. Thank you, Brett. So it's, that would be perfect. It sounds far away. So that part I don't like, but for some reason I'm just thinking 
I mean, I, I, I teach first grade, so May sounds so nice to me because it's like the end of the school year. So I was looking at my calendar in May and I'm like, yep, this looks good. This is good. So I don't know, March 10th and May 19th. I like the May 19th. Let's manifest that. Uh, Danny, how about you? I mean, how, how soon would you, would you like the single in the album? Uh, I'm not nearly patient enough to wait until May. So <laughs> I say, I also, I don't know if I want, I would like to see Atlantic maybe do something a little bit different where it's not like the first single and then you wait two months and then it's the album. So yeah. in my, I also listened to your, the mailbag episode. So I was thinking about this and like, I don't think she's going to necessarily have a single where like you want to count all the counting billboard days because like there's a chance of it going to number one. I feel like it'll be something that has to have a bit of a build. So why not just release the single on Valentine's day and then the album, the Friday, like four days later, and just like mm-hmm. try something different, like get it all out there um, and then announce the tour in the summer, which I'm also kind of guessing is going to be Vegas just because I think it, I just think it makes sense with her and her schedule, her band schedule, the logistics of having to navigate like filming a talk show and the voice and, and all these things, like just like a summer residency just seems I mean, other than the logistics of trying to book Vegas, it seems like for her schedule wise that that would be easier. Interesting. So that's sort of my guess. And here's the thing, like I, you know, meaning a life, like they did so much promo in like New York and LA and things like that. There's no way that she's going to have time to do all that. Like she may just have like a couple days where she's home and just does like Zoom interviews or like maybe she'll go out and do like you know, Jimmy Fallon or Seth Meyers and like, that's it. You know, I, I think that promo for this is going to be a lot. I think it's going to be a lot less. Hopefully it'll be bigger, but a lot less. Um, yeah, I would like to see her just like kind of run the NBC gamut. They should give her like a little special like uh, Adele got. Yeah. Um, just like that. Like she can sing a bunch of songs from the album, maybe do like little interviews about how it kind of came to be i think people might be a little bit more interested in it just because it's so tied to her you know personal life and that's been kind of like splashier news headlines for a bit um this all might seem really outdated because i think she has this forbes interview coming out on friday yes and like that's that guy's like a big culture writer uh the label heads of Atlantic have sort of whispered about like the album a little bit being great. So it just, it feels like things are starting to happen kind of. So we don't know by the time this episode comes out, like we may already have no- have news. We, we don't know. So that'll be really fun to listen back on if that's the case. <laughs> and just yeah. to, just to interject that, how Kelly is that to release a Like I'm assuming breakup song on Valentine's day would be just perfect. <laughs> I, I love it. I never actually thought of that. That's kind of brilliant. It's kind of brilliant. Yep. A little bit, yeah. Uh, Jay, your thoughts on uh, when we may be seeing the new record? I actually like all of your suggestions, and I feel like that would be like the best marketing wise. But in terms of like what, when I think she should release, probably sometime early spring, because right now we're inundated with like releases from like different artists right now. So like Taylor Swift with her Midnight Sarah, that's really big right now. And Tizza of her like SOS era, like that's really big right now. So I feel like if we were to, she would release like in the mid to like late winter her release would like get overshadowed by those releases and kelly has to have like number one debut on the hot 100 and number one debut on the billboard 200 to like have a big release of course not like because you know there are big releases that don't have those kind of numbers but like yeah so, like a time for herself where you know people can see okay hey she's coming back for a new era new song like and she's back and better than ever 
So I'd say maybe the first single sometime in late March, early April, so maybe like April 7th. Because she usually, with her album airs, like the like moment she releases her albums, she usually does a fall or a spring releases for her album. So it would be interesting to see her do it like a little bit different. So I'd say sometime like April 7th would be a cool release date for the single. But I could also give her the option of April 14th because I know she doesn't like odd numbers. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because I feel like oh, yeah, a lot of her albums yeah. have been in yeah. like the October-ish range. And I think a lot of it has to do with like Grammy consideration. It's kind of like the sweet spot for Grammy stuff. Um, we've had a, yeah. we've had a couple albums like All Ever Wanted and Piece by Piece that were more March focused. But we've also had my December that was in June. So like, I don't know. But you're right. The bulk of them has been in the fall. I definitely think we're going to get something way before the fall. Uh, just given, yeah. given that she's told us like the summer is going to be the touring spot. So like she needs to tour the album. So I think we're going to get something in the next couple months. So yeah. And, and Jay, I was also noticing that, um, uh, you know, both, um, both Brett and, and Danny were saying that they think that it's going to be a Vegas uh, situation when it comes to tour. Are you on the same boat or do you think that she's actually going to go out and, and tour the country? While selfishly, I would want to tour, but realistically, a re- residency is most likely going to happen because she can't be everywhere all at once. And also, she's a mom of two, you know, mm-hmm. two little kids. So she's got to, you know, stay in one place at one time. For And, you know, those kids, you know, need the, like, stability. Yeah. It's interesting because, mm-hmm. like, Jeremy and I, you and I have kind of said, oh, yeah, Vegas is done. We're, you know, we're, but it's interesting that a lot of people are still, like, holding out hope for it. It's, it clearly will not yeah. be called Invincible. I think we can all agree that <laughs> unless she comes out with, <laughs> yeah, like, another, no in, you know, Invincible. Which never have been way, called Invincible. Which was so weird that it was <laughs> yeah. called that in 2020. Like, it was a little yeah. strange at the, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, look, this, this is sort of a surprise for me that, uh, that you know, all three of you guys are, are still feeling that the Vegas residency is going to come back um i I mean obviously we don't know for certain either way so it it could very well be just that um Mm -hmm. but i'm I'm, i really thought that everybody had sort of said okay you know they tried vegas it just it didn't work because it you know just was bad timing but what Um, if what if she's like to quote kelly clarkson what if she's contractually obligated to do vegas at some point you know i know like technically mm-hmm. with okay 2020 obviously like everything was canceled and like i guess that could be labeled as like force majeure which is like an act of god meaning like that's mm-hmm. a legitimate reason to cancel it but like what if i don't know maybe she still is uh, contractually obligated to do vegas and i think she's mentioned like something about having to tour differently or be creative and i don't know what that means but yeah. i've just interpreted it as like you come to me. <laughs> yeah, my memory is like of the Hollywood Reporter interview. I, if my memory serves me, I feel like she said shows, not tour necessarily. Like, I think, I don't know, for some reason, my memory remembers her saying like she's going to be doing shows, but not necessarily doing a tour. Yeah. I just felt like it wasn't realistic, but maybe I would, yeah. I would love it because if she comes, <laughs> if she comes this way, that would be great. Exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, if she does do, cause she was going to, she was going to perform it at planet Hollywood in, in Vegas. And, you know, they've already got Miranda Lambert. They've got Keith Urban. They've got, uh, the chicks who are doing, uh, kind of a, a small residency. So, I mean, obviously they're going to need to make room for, Another performance. I think they also have they have one of the Vegas magicians, maybe like Chris Angel or something, 
Uh, they've also got him uh, on their stage as well. So they've already got a pretty packed stage as it is. Whether or not it's still going to be at Planet Hollywood or maybe it's going to be at another one of the Caesar properties, uh, who knows. But I'm, I'm interested because it the, the Vegas landscape as far as residencies goes is a lot more crowded now. I mean, it used to be one or two artists. Now you've got a dozen or so that are doing these residencies. So I would be interested to see if there's even the real estate for her to do, we do think it. She's big enough. I'm not saying she's going to play venues the size that Taylor Swift does. I know that's not even a question, but do we think she's like popular enough for her to be doing like, I don't know, eight to 10 really big cities like and that's it. So she plays like one really bigger venue in New York, one really big venue in L.A., Chicago, Dallas, things like that. I don't know. That's like another option. But you're right. It, so it's only like a handful of dates, but it's like bigger production. I, I don't know. It's just something I it's been in the back of my head for like a year now. Um, I don't know. I had thought of that, too. And like, I, I feel like, you know, this is going to be the first real album and tour whatever since really the talk show so i feel like the audience is a lot wider now um so that will be interesting i kind of hoped she did something like that for like maybe around christmas time just to give us something i was like what if she does a few big city like christmas shows and it didn't happen but i was hoping for that yeah even like meeting a life like i'm not gonna lie guys like i was surprised that she sold out like pretty much every arena Because, like, Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen that since, like, the breakaway days. So I was, like, very pleasantly surprised. Mm -hmm. Granted, it helped, you know, Kelsey Ballerini definitely helped with that. Um, But now that, you know, Brett, you're right. Now that this is, like, the first legitimate tour, like, since the the talk show and she's on way more people's, like, radar, I don't know. Can can Kelly sell at, like, Madison Square Garden? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she can. Well, time will tell. Well, and it it goes back to, you know, one of the points that I made in a previous episode where – you know, they, the, the, and Pam, you're gonna have to help me out. Cause I forget how this all works, but when they're routing the tour, you know, they could very well look at the media markets where the talk show is doing yeah. really well and say, Hey, look, you know, you're number one in your time slot in Philadelphia. She could play a venue there, like, you know, the Wells Fargo center or whatever it's called now. And, and she could probably sell it out. Uh, I, I I think your idea, Pam, of a smaller tour playing bigger markets is the more likely scenario and probably the dates are going to be fewer and farther between that. You're not going to have, you know, five shows in a week. I got inspired from when she did like the little bus tour, the Kelly bus tour. Like mm-hmm. that kind of is a lot of where this came from. Um, yeah, makes sense. So. Yeah, I, don't no, know, guys. I, I could see it um, panic playing out. Yeah, and honestly, like, in addition to that, like, I feel like if the, like, single, like, cycle is treated well, like, if not only we collaborators come together and need support, and, of course, the label gets their stuff together and gives her the promo that she needs, I feel like there's potential for the era to do as well as it can do. And, like, I feel like wherever she can promote, like, the lead single, whether it's, like, you know, like Jeremy said, NBC, like, shows or her own talk show, like, instead of maybe, like, a karaoke yeah. segment, maybe she can do a segment for music where she's performing her lead. So that way people know, okay, oh, wow, she has a lead single out. Go stream it. Go buy it and all that. Yeah, totally. Now, another question we had that we kind of answered ourselves. We did open this up to people on social media. Now, Kelly, 2019, 
said in, in an interview, this this easily could change by now, but has said that this new album is going to be a mixture. It's going to be a breakaway and stronger had a baby <laughs> with like also like meaning a life a little bit. So our question for you guys is if you had to pick one song from each of those three albums that you think like the lead single or album might sound like, we said single just because it was a little bit easier, which three songs would you choose? So I think I chose... Hazel Eyes from Breakaway, Stronger, and the Menial Life title track. And then, Jeremy, you chose Since You've Been Gone, Stronger, and Love So Soft, correct? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Brett, do you have any thoughts on what trifecta you would choose? Yeah. So, uh, you guys kind of changed my mind. At first, I was thinking not necessarily what I would want the most, but I, I don't know, for some reason I felt like maybe she would have like an easy on me moment, like Adele's easy on me type vibe. So I was thinking like, where is your heart from breakaway stronger, um, like breaking your own heart, meaning of life, maybe move you. But then um, I don't know that maybe that's, maybe there, I bet there are going to be tracks like that. But as far as a single, selfishly then after hearing your guys opinions i was like yeah i would much prefer like a gone let me down like love so soft like Ooh, you know I, lo- I, I would love angry <laughs> kelly's my favorite kelly so i would that, like that's what i would want the most but oh I guess my we'll god Brad, i love you that's so fun <laughs> yeah i say you're speaking pam's language she loves angry angsty I kelly do. that's I for sure gone and let me down oof that i love that yeah on valentine's all right uh yeah yeah. (laughs) all right uh jay three songs that uh you think might uh have the sound of the first single so i feel like the um lead at least not talking about the whole album but the lead is going to be like a hybrid between since you begun behind they say his allies the title track you know from stronger and a bit Mm -hmm. of uh let me down and like gone like i just i feel like it's going to have that like gritty angsty like sound that the GP knew from Kelly, like, you know, like that, that, that they love yeah. her like signature yeah. pop rock song. Yeah. And it's all going to, I mean, that's all good up tempo, upbeat. And that's what I'm looking for. I mean, you know, we've all been sort of bracing and preparing for the fact that this is going to be this big heartfelt uh, breakup album. But at the same time, like, I'm really hoping that it's, it's going to have some bangers on it. That's, that's going to be classic Clarkson uh, anthemic songs. And that's what I'm hoping for the very first single. Yeah, no, and it would be smart because, you know, like the GP, like they love like pop rock Kelly, like, you know, that's how her, that's what they at least love the most when she's in her pop rock bag, when, you know, she's singing her Since You've Been Gone or Behind These Days of Lies or Stronger or all that, all the classics that we know her for, like, it would definitely like not only have like, you know, all the fans drawn in, but the GP, they'd be like, oh, wow, this is classic Kelly, but with a modern twist, like, this would be fun. It's, yeah. it's hard, though, because, like, this is all – everyone is saying exactly what I want to hear, but, like, at the same time, it's hard because, like, you know, it's no secret that, like, Kelly ain't charting, you know, on, like, you know, the top 40 stations. Yeah. Um, so it's hard because, like, that – the stuff that's popular out now amongst – I mean, amongst, like – I mean, I'm not a teenager, but it's, like, more – a lot more, like, rap and, like, kind of, like, R&B-ish. So, like – I have the bar set very low in terms of like charting. I just want music that's going to 
that we like, that's going to stream well, that we're all like just going to sing along live to. Um, and that's what I'm hoping a lot of like the fans are. I, I don't know. This is not any comment on like any anything that anyone said here. It's just kind of what I've seen online. I just hope people aren't too caught up in like charts and like where Kelly is and the success of everything. And then obviously we want her to be successful, but I think at the same time it's like we just want her to put out like such awesome music. Um, mm-hmm. case, yeah, case, exactly. Case in point, the the Kelly Oki EP like it didn't do anything. It didn't really move the needle, but like streaming wise, it's doing really well and it got really great reception so that's i don't know that's kind of what i'm hoping but danny we didn't go to you yet did we no nope Um, but i'm kind of more in what you were speaking to now pam i think her comment about it being breakaway slash stronger slash meaning of life was like just a lifetime ago i think that was pre-divorce i think that was during like i dare you ish stuff like where I think she even mentioned having songwriters and I feel like all that just got like deleted and I'm totally fine with that. Um, So I kind of expected this and I guess maybe more, I would hope that they just don't have radio in mind so much when they do this. I I want her to be successful, but I feel like with meaning of life, they really threw everything at trying to get her to be like successful on pop charts again um i thought that their promo lineup and everything was just like immaculate and uh love so soft just kind of like criminally did not land the way that i think they sort of seem to expect um and so and they I, i don't think they did anything wrong with that and so when that didn't land i kind of just changed my perspective on what i would want from her and i just want something that feels very authentic to where she is now I did not anticipate that being like a pop rock banger, but then she came out with Kelly and happy and happily ever after is like phenomenal. It sounds great on her. That sound in a certain way is kind of making its way back into the pop landscape. So it sort of, it sort of makes sense for her to kind of go back into that lane a little bit. Um, But I like truly wouldn't care if like some maybe sounding song was her first single and it was just a display of like songwriting and vocal prowess. And uh, like that would make me just as happy as trying to like recapture the magic of some of like her bigger bangers, because I just don't know that that's like that there's much room for that anymore, like chart wise for her at least. Yeah. And that's okay because yeah, like not all artists are going to be at number one forever. And that's okay. Cause like people in their commercial primes, they will have their commercial prime. And then afterwards they won't be as much at the top anymore, but at least you'll, you'll know them by their classics. You'll know that they have a catalog of hits that people that they're loved for and for and remembered for. And Kelly has that, even if she never has like another like solo, like hit again, like we know that, you know, she gave us the classics that she did. Like she is the amazing artist that she is. And, you know, and has like forged a path for herself so it's like i she has nothing left to prove yeah that's and that's the line that i think you take away from yeah. whatever albums come out from here on out in her career is that she doesn't she doesn't have anything else to prove she doesn't have to you know hit number one with whatever kind of gusto she doesn't have to do anything she just wants to put out the music that she is feeling at the moment and whether or not that resonates with the audience, I honestly, I really don't think she cares. I think the last thing I want to say here, and I don't think we're necessarily going <clears> to <throat> have any 
issue with this, or I don't know if issue is the right word, but I think my hope is that whatever kind of album this is, it's not just one vibe or tone or kind of genre. I want it to be a bit of a roller coaster. I don't want it to be like all mid-tempo or like all ballad. I think it needs to be like a major mix. Like a, it has to be eclectic. And I don't think Kelly has ever done a project. May, I mean, maybe you can say thankful, but not even that. Um, or like breakaway, but like something that I, I, I want it to be a little bit more diverse. I would um, love just like the karaoke, but like as a full album, that's just like all her songwriting. I thought like just sonically, yeah. vocally, production wise, musically, that was just among the best things she's ever done. And yeah, an album in that vein, 100% happy with that. Totally. Totally. I agree. Yeah. No, like honestly, if we get like a little more diverse sounds throughout the album, like not just pop or not just rock, like just a little bit of everything. I, I would love to see some R&B because I love R&B Kelly because like I'm a huge listener of R&B music. So, you know, like when Kelly's in an R&B bag, I'm like, girl, sing. <laughs> you better <laughs> sing. All right. Should we go to our next question? Let's do it. Yes. All right. So um, this is I did not prep you um, anyone for this question. Maybe Jeremy. So what Kelly song that exists do you think you could not live without? And on the opposite side of the coin what kelly song would you be totally okay never hearing again i know kelly kelly can't go, can't do no wrong kelly listen there's always the one song that we're like eh, maybe we'll skip it we all what is your impossible <laughs> <laughs> that's what i just was thinking of i like what would yep. generate that ramped out of <laughs> yes i think for me um the song that i don't think i could live without is going to be the most basic answer on the planet which is since you've been gone but the reason why is because that is a song that got me to be a, like a fan of kelly's so if that song didn't exist i don't know if i'd be sitting here right now i'm gonna be honest with you um and then what song would i be very content never hearing again i'm gonna go with the random bonus track from my december which is fading i just it doesn't when, feel when finished. When did we ever hear that? I know. Wow. Well, listen, before the podcast like was a thing, I I would have always said J- Judas. That was my always my answer. And it's I don't love Judas, but it's grown on me a bit. So, whatever, Jeremy. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just saying I mean, look, your answer is impossible. We know that. No, here's the thing. I was going to try to stay away from that cuz first of all, it's the obvious answer. Everybody knows my distaste for that particular song. I can give a different answer. I was going to try to come up with something different because I wanted to come up with a song that maybe actually could show up in a set list or, you know, could still have life because we're not hearing fading at a concert. Okay. Then I will give another one. I will give another example then. Okay. And I don't know if we're going to hear it in a set list, but it's way more relevant to these days. A song that I would be okay with never hearing again would be, this is this is a little a little controversial. Um, would you call that love? Oh my god, rot! That's so good. <laughs> I never got into what? it. I don't know. Really? I know. I know. A lot of people are like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" And I'm like, "I'm sorry, guys. I don't. I, I don't. I don't hear it." Um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. We all have our songs. <laughs> We all love yeah. our songs. Um, uh, Dan- Danny, let's put you on the spot uh, for this next. Now that I've skewered Pam. And I- <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I think like my Can't Live Without song is also probably kind of a slam dunk, but maybe. I just, I, I love that song 
so much. Um, it will be very difficult for her to top that song for me. Uh, just That was my second choice. And uh, I need to see her sing that live at some point, and I don't know how that will happen, but maybe I can just like win the lottery and throw money at her to like, <laughs> just ask for it. Um, and song that I could live without forever is uh, kind of random, but I had a dream from piece by piece. I just like hate it. Um, <laughs> and it's like that album is kind of eclectic and random, but yeah. the songs that she wrote on it are like so phenomenal and among the best she's ever done, like in the blue tightrope, piece by piece, like those are such beautiful lyrics and such striking songwriting. And then I Had a Dream is just this pedantic, judgy, clunky. I just, I really, it, and it, I forget that it's on that album all the time. And I'm like, best songwriting ever. And then I see that song and I'm like, Oh, I, I hear hard. you honestly. I, I don't blame <laughs> yeah. you because I don't revisit. To be honest, like y'all are gonna kill me. I don't revisit like half of piece by piece. To be honest, because like it's okay. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, like the songwriting is great though, and some of her best songwriting. Like to be honest, but like sonically, I feel like it was of its time, and like I don't know, like I just don't revisit it as much as I would like to. But of course, like the songs that are the strongest, of course, are some of my favorite that she's ever released. Brett, what about you? What, what's a song you absolutely adore, and one you were like, no. Um, a song I can't live without is Don't Let Me Stop You is like one of Ooh. my all time favorites. Um, I mean, that's the sound from that's my favorite sound from her. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do kind of a cop out on the one I can't I would get rid of because I, I don't know. I can't pick one off an album, proper album to get rid of. But um, tie it up. <laughs> I just don't need <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Kelly d- doesn't either. Yeah, so th- something uh, tells me we aren't hearing that anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> that's right. a good one. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's a really good choice. Yeah, we're never hearing that one again. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> Jay, what about you? Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like I, in general, I could never live without the Stronger album. Such an anthemic album, like album lyrically, like production-wise, is just so important in her discography. I feel like. It would lack without, but in terms of a song in general, I feel like I could never live out honestly because, like, that's like one of my favorite songs from yes. her of all time. It's just lyrically, like, vocally, just emotionally, it's just it always strikes a chord of me. I just I resonate with it so much, and I, and especially last year when I went through a situation similar to what she was talking about, the song like that song was there for me, so I could never live without honestly. And then a song I can live without, I mean, I'm sure Kelly would probably say it too. I before you love, like, I'm okay with that hearing that song ever again yeah it's just yeah it's it's of its time it did what it had to do and Mm -hmm. that was enough yeah i yeah it's fine and and we talked about it uh we talked about it uh, late last year where you know that was one of her least performed songs i mean especially later in her i mean pretty much after breakaway came out that song was all but forgotten uh you know and mostly she had to perform it because she had such a small bag of songs to go to that it sort of by default got performed so yeah i i think you're probably safe from uh before your love unless for some reason she gets nostalgic you know around the 25th anniversary of idol and decides to break that one out of mothballs that, right. that would be fun. That would be crazy if I don't know where she performs a moment like this and before you love, I don't know where that. I would just yeah. I, I will. <laughs> I may switch my answer because I thought yeah. of something oh, that sure. I I dislike even more than would you call that love. <laughs> 
Beautiful Disaster, the original version. I think. 100%. Yes, I hate the studio version. I only it's listen to the, the vocals. Live yes, the vocals are incredibly weak. She sounds kind of bored. So I'm gonna. That's gonna be my answer. Final answer. Final answer. <laughs> yeah, that's why Thankful is like my second least favorite Kelly album. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful Disaster, the studio version. It just ruins it for me. So that's why, like, when I put the album on cue, I always take out the original studio version of Beautiful Disaster and put the like live version from Breakaway in the mix. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy, what about you? I've been going back and forth. It, my my can do without song is is actually pretty easy for me, but my my can't live without song is hard because I mean there is the there's the side of me that wants to be very basic and and choose one of the the major songs because they are just so fantastic to hear and I I mean no matter how many times I see her live, I never get sick and tired of the big hits. And so um I'm going to go ahead and and just be basic and I'm going to say since you've been gone I I hate to do it but I would just say that you know a, a show without that song will just feel incomplete because Correct. it is a song that she is well aware she is going to sing for the rest of her life and it is just it is just her it's her signature song and you know she's an artist who has the capability of having multiple signature songs and that is definitely one of them and so I'm just going to take the easy route and I'm going to say since you've been gone. Now, when it comes to the song that uh, I could be okay never hearing again, um, I actually sort of say it when I'm addressing the question and I'm going to be a little controversial and I'm going to say never again. Whoa. I, I, what? I, no. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know this about you. I'm not mad about yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, am betrayed. I mean, yes, it, I mean, look, I, I, I know, I know it's, it's not going to be the most popular decision, but it's, it would be very easy for me like, Oh, impossible. But I have no worries whatsoever of ever hearing impossible in concert ever again. I'm just, I'm just not worried about it. So I'm sort of already living in that world where I never have to hear that song again, because I have the option to take it out of my music library and, the chances are slim to none that she's ever going to perform it in concert. So I wanted to sort of challenge myself a little bit and say, okay, what's a song that I may have even enjoyed at one point and never again falls into that category, but there is just something about, you know, there's sort of a hierarchy of the singles that she's released and never again is usually the first one I kick off the Island. Uh, again, I had my moment with the song. I really enjoyed it. Every once in a great while it comes on and I'm just like, okay, I'm actually feeling this today. But if it never was performed again, I wouldn't wow. be super sad about it, honestly. What about really the, what her, about the like, ballad version? Because I, I go out of my way to listen the, to the ballad version. The piano version. Come on, the, the piano yeah. version. Like, let's, I mean, give yeah, the, the, <laughs> let's give it the, its flowers. The piano, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the piano version deserves its flowers. Um, yes, it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> wow! But, I mean, yeah, I, no, again, again. When it came out, I really liked it. It was great. Listened to it a ton. Same thing with the original version. But I just feel like, as we've moved farther and farther away from the My December album, I just feel like Never Again is is not going to be remembered as you know, a, a, a benchmark for Kelly. It's, you know, it's known as the first single from my December. And I think, you know, the, uh, as Jay would say, the GP out there, you know, didn't necessarily latch onto it 
like they did to, you know, the majority, if not all of the singles from Breakaway and subsequent singles from other albums ahead of it. So I I just I, I wanted to I wanted to again challenge myself and actually pick a song that I do still have a fairly decent chance of hearing live or, you know, coming up on on whatever kind of a playlist. I like that idea of like what songs like you're like actually in danger of hearing like at a show or yeah. somewhere. In which case I would pick heartbeat song without oh, a, yeah. a hesitation at all. Good I rate. can understand that. Yeah. I can yeah. Understand. See there you go. Now 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 you're thinking. Yeah, now you're now you're getting into it. It's, more, it's really easy yeah. to pick these album tracks that you know you're never gonna hear because um, you know, and we've said this before and I think it's been primarily me that said it on the podcast, is that Kelly is now in the territory of being a legacy artist. She is a person who is going to go out on this tour that's happening in 2023. Yes, she's going to sing some songs from the new record, but the the primary portion of the set list is going to be a greatest hits set list because that's who she is. That's what the people want to hear unless she just becomes incredibly full of herself and it's just like, I'm only going to do new stuff and oh, you wanted to hear because of you? Well, too bad. Go buy it on iTunes. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to my next question, guys. So, okay. I like my hypotheticals. Okay. (laughs) Would you prefer a smaller show? When I mean smaller show, I'm thinking to when she did like theater shows for the My December tour. Would you prefer Mm. smaller theater shows like that? That that have more, she performs more album tracks. She may throw in a couple singles, but it's going to be more focused on like, random album tracks it's not necessarily like the album she's promoting you know it could be just whatever you want to make of it or would you prefer a much larger show like a menial life uh show much more production that sort of thing bigger venues like arenas that has more singles and maybe a couple of of um album tracks uh thrown in now this might i don't know maybe this seems like an obvious answer to some people but it might not um if you guys want to think, take a minute to think about it. I'll talk about my thoughts on this. Um, as long as before your love is not on the set list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I love the Menial Life tour. It was probably my favorite tour that I went to. I just thought it was just so cool to have, like, it was just so much bigger. There was a lot more. We got the mint and a glass of wine. We got, um, it was a lot of hits, but we also got things like It's Quiet Uptown and Never Enough and things like that. Now, what I liked about that tour is that it allowed for a lot more people to have access to that show because they were doing 15,000 seated, you know, seats there. And a lot more people could be close to the stage or you don't have to be close, but or it was more affordable because you can get the nosebleed seats. It just had a lot more access to people and it had a lot more the singles that everyone knows. Now, on the flip side, I love a good theater tour because it's a lot more intimate and you get all this. You don't have to hear since you've been gone every single night. You can hear things like maybe, you know, um, or don't let me stop you. So those are kind of my pros and cons. I think at the end of the day, I'd probably go with the smaller show just because I think it would be very cool to hear songs that maybe we've never even heard live before. Um so I think I'm going to go with that. But I don't know if I want that forever. That, uh, I didn't really think this question 
through entirely. I just was like, <laughs> this sounds fun and controversial. Yeah, maybe so, uh, let's have it be like a one-time thing, like for the for the answer. I guess I'll go with the small theater show, even though I know there'll be a lot more competition. Because like, if she's only playing like a three thousand seat venue compared to fifteen thousand, you're there's a lot more competition to get tickets. So, mm-hmm. Jay, let's start with you with uh, your thoughts. Honestly, as much as I would love a big production with like a fifteen, twenty thousand, uh, like seat arena, like that would be cool to like you know witness like you know the big production and like see all the people surround the arena and of course like sing along and all that stuff. I'm gonna have to go for a smaller um, venue because I there are plenty of um, deep cuts from Kelly that I have not heard live, at least from what I've at least haven't seen yet. That I'd love to see. I would love to see her um, do um, what is it? I, I would like to see her do like maybe more of Be Still, like because I that's one of my favorite songs from her. I would love yeah. to see her, yes. And then, of course, I'd love to see her do um, what's that song called? Um, Long Has she ever performed Long Shot Live? She has, yeah, not a not a ton, but yeah, it was. Wasn't that performed only in like South Africa? Is that what we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Realized. Yeah, we yeah. did. We. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of a different song, but yeah, it was it, not very often, but I mean, it's it's been out there. I think like twice. I would love to hear yeah. that song live. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, because that song is so fun, like in the studio. I cannot imagine what it would be like in a live setting. It would just be like, it would like tear the roof down. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Brett, what about you? Um, I'm definitely going to go with a smaller show. It's funny. I've wanted this for a long time, like a, a no singles tour. As much yes, as I love the, the B-Sides singles. tour. I said yes. that. Yes, you and I are in the same wavelength. And I don't know if maybe she's too big at this point to do something like that. Because like Jeremy said, like I think people would walk out. A lot of people would walk out of there like, where was since you've been gone? But personally, I would because I've been lucky enough to see her sing those songs so many times live now that, oh my God, a no singles tour would be like a dream come true. <laughs> Yes, like a B-side, like all those. I would love that. There was definitely, there was some artists, like a, like a, I don't know if it was a rock band or like a solo musician who did that within the last year or so. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember. Jeremy, I don't know if you do. There's been a lot of them. I mean, Bruce Springsteen. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Springsteen is the first one that comes to mind. Like one of his more recent tours, he went out and did nothing but, I mean, he just, played with you know random songs and he he wasn't coming out singing all his big hits right he was just playing whatever so um you know especially when you get to an artist of that caliber who's been around for that long you are going to have more of them who are going to do that kind of stuff yeah i don't know if i've ever seen a pop singer go out and do like a like a b-sides tour uh so i don't i don't uh i don't know if it would actually happen uh, Danny, what, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same. Small, like, my big regret is not going to that, like, Troubadour show from, like, oh. Stronger. Like, I was in L.A. at the time. I totally could have uh, just forever regret. Um, but just something like that, a very intimate venue where I can literally just, like, go by myself and, like, single tear as she cries. Uh, or as she sings. <laughs> um, and uh, just, yeah, here's I've been fortunate enough to see her on tour a couple of times, so I've I've seen that stuff. I I don't feel like sh- uh, big tour production is like where her heart is anyway. Like the Meaning of Life tour was great, but there are artists that do like a visual impact um, more grandly, 
so I feel like unless she like went way out of her comfort zone and like hired some like Super Bowl halftime show producer to like set design or whatever, I'd much rather her just like strip it all down, let uh, me and like 99 other people into a room and just like let her sing. Cry yeah. and just cry. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would be the perfect intimate show. Like just to have like a hundred people in the room, you know, seeing Kelly like stri- strip down with her songs and just, you know, like, seeing her art out and just have nothing but her and like instruments like that would be the dream show but of course if i was going to like a regular arena show of hers then of course like i'd bring my family because you know like like my family they would know obviously more of her like gp stuff like all the hits and all that stuff well of course i knowing her discography would know everything yeah jeremy what about you um i I i'm so torn because i've sort of had a chance of to see her in both of these types of venues, obviously plenty of arena shows uh, with like the Meaning of Life tour. And then when the My December tour was was out, I mean, that was much smaller venues. The Chicago Theater, which is uh, where I saw her uh, in 2007, that was that's 3,600 people um, in that venue. And I was I think I was in the second or third row. And so, it, yes, there is something about like a show like that where you are right there and you are up close and personal and it does have a different type of a feeling to it although it was still a a big pop show but it was just in a smaller venue so you were yeah she was all in your face even though it was a very small room i have to say i really do like the arena experience i like a big crowd that's loud that's into the show that the artist can feed off of and i i think that you know, those kinds of shows just have a, a different kind of energy. Don't get me wrong. There is incredible energy in small theater shows and, and club shows. But, and, I, and I'm going to kind of, ch- and thankfully I'm the last one to, to answer this. I think I am at least. Yeah, you are. Um, I, I get to kind of cheat now that everybody's already had their say. I think the nice thing is that we are going to get the best of both worlds eventually. Um, I think that the likelihood that this next tour is going to be an arena tour is pretty likely. But again, as an artist gets further and further into their career, and I, and I want to say this delicately, they don't sell as many tickets, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they just don't. And especially when you're not as relevant on pop radio and, you know, especially when you're seen as a legacy artist, there's exceptions, you know, your, your Rolling Stones. Rolling, your I was going to say Rolling Stones, Elton, that sort of thing. Like she di- will be perform. Di- she'll be doing all the performing arts centers in 20 years. Yes. Yes. She's going to do uh, your, your small theaters as she becomes an older artist. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. venue sizes are going to show, unless for some reason, the next couple of records are just absolutely go gangbusters and sell 10 million they're copies break each. away again they're breakaway esque <laughs> again you know it, exactly yeah i mean if for some reason that happens okay well then we are going to be riding an arena train for quite a while but the more likely scenario is that yeah she's probably got another arena tour possibly to left in her and then you're going to start seeing her playing smaller venues the the one sort of denominator that we can't account for is her popularity from the talk show. Um, we've never had a personality like Kelly um, also be a touring musician and have a successful talk show. There's been musicians that have had talk shows, but they've come and gone. Now you have a, a person who is 
very well, uh, doing very well in the ratings with her talk show daily. And then also now you've got this opportunity to go out and see her perform live in person. So you might very well be getting people who are equally familiar with her on the talk show and are familiar with some of her bigger hits coming out to see her because they just love her show and they want to see that personality and her sing in person because, you know, they've found a couple of Kelly Oakies that they've liked and they just think, man, that that Kelly Clarkson sure still can sing. And so they're going to come out and they're going to buy tickets. And so that's sort of the factor that we can't really forecast just yet because if she continues to be successful as a talk show host, that may continue to put more butts in seats when it comes to the venues that she books. But you take the talk show out of the equation. Now you've got an artist who once again is only relevant quote unquote, when they put out new material, which is every few years, then you're going to be talking about someone who is most definitely going to be playing smaller venues. So again, long story long, I think we are going to get both of these scenarios. It's just that one of them is going to happen now and the other one's going to happen in the future. That's interesting. They're probably going to do like, I'm realizing this now, like Atlantic records or may buy like a good amount of like, like commercial space for, um, touring stuff. Like when the tour is announced, like, like Mm -hmm. live nation or whatever, they actually may, you know, we don't really, you don't really see a ton of commercials on TV anymore for tours anymore. You do sometimes, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't really see them that often anymore. Yeah, no, because really you're going to see the campaigns on like social media pretty much for the Yeah, they're exactly. But they're probably going to take advantage of having that hour daytime slot on on NBC and they're going to buy out some space during that during her commercial breaks, just like Wayfair is doing. So I didn't really think of that, but they're probably going to do that. That would be a good idea. Yeah. and, And I'm very interested to see how Kelly is going to treat the new album and her tour when it comes to the talk show, because she said early on that she didn't want to come on there and just sing her catalog every day or every other day for Kelly Oki. She wanted to challenge herself. She wanted to challenge her band. She wanted to spotlight other artists. And so I think she, she can be very humble when it comes to her own stuff. You know, we obviously know how she is with her awards. She doesn't, you know, keep them in the bookshelf when you first walk in the door. They're hidden upstairs in a fourth floor attic somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if she's necessarily going to really beat us over the head with tour and new material on the talk show. I think that the likelihood of her performing a new single is likely. Yeah. But I don't think she's going to, you know, she's not going to, I don't think she's going to do a a whole hour long show all about her new album. Um, You know, I don't think she's going to, you know, do a a, a show wrapped around a tour. Uh, I think she's probably be like a segment that will tie in a sponsor somehow. (laughs) Yeah. She might mention it. You know, she might do a, a, a giveaway thing with the audience, you know, say, Oh, you know, everybody here in the audience wins tickets to see me on my blah, blah, blah tour 2023. Oh, Everybody screams and that's it. <laughs> like that might be the only mention we get yeah. of the tour whatsoever. Um, yeah. yeah, sure. You know, the, and, and really it's, it's not necessarily up to Kelly when it comes to the individual markets, it's going to be the local promoters who are going to be buying commercial space for Kelly's show. So yeah. if they were smart, you know, if there's a show coming to LA or to the New York area or, you know, 
Boston or whatever, um, you know, that local promoter might buy some ad space during the Kelly Clarkson show because, hey, I want to make sure I'm hitting the audience that I want to buy tickets yeah. to this show. No brainer. Yeah. So you're probably going to see that. But I think you're going to see very minimal mentioning of especially tour, but also probably new album and new material. Uh, I, I just I don't see her coming on and like, hey, everybody, here's my CD cover. Check it out. It's my new album. Go get it. Well, she hasn't um, even done that for like the karaoke album, I don't think. Or when Chris there wasn't a word. And granted, it, and granted, it was that. I mean, the karaoke album came out um, when she was in high, uh, summer hiatus. Oh, right. So that one, you know, it, it was a little bit of a different thing. But but you're right. When Christmas comes around. There was an NBC special that was separate, and granted, it's Christmas, so it's sort of its own animal, but there was an NBC special. I don't even think she mentioned the special on the talk show. I don't watch the talk show every day, but it didn't seem like yeah. she she performed, obviously, a bunch of songs because it is like the holiday season, so she can kind of lean into that, and yeah. half of those albums are covers anyway, so it kind of works, but it wasn't like she was like, okay, and now I'm singing Black an original song from my second Christmas out, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, she, she definitely is, is very humble when using her platform like that. She doesn't just go and, you know, toot her own horn. And, and, and when she does have a new project, she doesn't make it, at least thus far, hasn't made a big meal out of it. You know, she hasn't made a, I mean, even when she did queen of the night for the Kelly Oki, after the fact of the song being on the Kelly Oki record, she didn't like make a big deal out of it, you know. Like, oh, get my karaoke album in stores. I mean, yeah. no, it just it wasn't that way. So I I have a feeling that your go to source for content about the new album and the tour is not going to be the Kelly Clarkson show. How did we get here? Honestly, <laughs> that's the question. Hey, I I love that we just like kind of like pivoted a bit. I, I ain't mad at that. I, yeah, and honestly, I love Kelly Jeremy. Tables four. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say I love Jeremy Rants. <laughs> Honestly, I just I love when Jeremy Rants too. It's the best. Uh, like I was saying. Well, um, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. Uh, Kelly is a tourist, so you know, like, and she's got like many tourist placements in her birth chart for those that are into astrology. So like, so she's so very all about love that for you. So yeah, so she's nice. all about humility and like staying grounded, and of course, like you know, just like being like close to her roots and like and all that stuff. So it's like. It makes sense that Kelly would not be the type to show off and be like, hey, look at me perform, look at me sing. You know you love me. You know you want to see me do this. It's like she's very humble about her, like what she has to offer. And, and I love that about her because she has so much yeah. to offer. And she obviously is one of the best singers of all time. So it's just like, wow, like I could not Take imagine that Rolling Stone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, that, uh, yeah, with Rolling Stone, I'm making my own list for like a, the revised list of the Rolling Stone. And let's just say Kelly's going to be higher than 194. Let's just say that. Thank you. Yes. I would hope so. I would imagine. <laughs> I would yeah, because so. like, imagine. are you kidding me? Like, how is she? I know. Her and Brandy at like one ninety three, one ninety four. Like, I I want to write. Okay, so so let's let's make that our our last kind of lightning round, last question, real quick, just <laughs> off the top of your heads, and I'm gonna make Pam go first, uh, so you guys can have a second or two here to think about it. I want you to just off the top of your head place Kelly on where she should have, where you honestly believe she should have been on the Rolling Stone 200 greatest singers of all time, where should she have actually been? Not 194. She deserved, obviously, to be much higher. Pam, we're going to start with you. Lightning round. Just give us a number. Where do you think she deserved to be? First number that came to my head was um, 56. Sorry, guys. Okay. I'm not I'm not going to say number one. I mean, I'm being realistic. No, no, no. I, 
realistic no, it's, it's here fine. in terms of what I think like where Rolling Stone's head should have been. It's mm-hmm. a lot higher than she was she she was placed. So I'm gonna say 56. Okay, uh, Brett, how about you? Where would she actually? Where should she actually be? I'm gonna say 11. Now I'm going to look like the asshole here. <laughs> because I'm thinking realistically, like, listen, in my heart, she's number one. Don't get me wrong. Guys, are, are, we, like, are we going off of like their sort of conceit yeah. about it not being vocalists, but singers, which is a distinction. Kind of. But it's yeah. just, like, I'm also thinking of just like the history of the world, you know, the history of music. Like there are so many yeah. singers out there. That's why I was like, I, I, I can't place her number one. Like I want it, yeah. but like. Yeah, and are we basing it off their like voices itself with the ranking? You you base it off of whatever you want to base it off of. I mean, really, the question just is, where do you think she should have actually landed? Okay, honestly, like, and and I'm not just saying it because I'm a Kelly stan or whatever, but like, honestly, top ten, like, I think she should have been like maybe like right below like Mariah, Whitney, Celine, Aretha, Patty, Luther. I can't believe Celine wasn't even on there. No, yeah, yeah. no. Oh, I'm mad that she did not make the list. Honestly, like that's a atrocity to for another day. Yeah, like honestly, Kelly's like <laughs> literally one of the best vocalists of her generation. That like honestly, like obviously there's the Holy Trinity, and obviously they're like untouchable. Like no one can come close to what they've done. But like right behind her, Kelly, like she's honestly someone that can do a tribute to them. Like she knows how to sing their songs. Like she grew up singing the songs. Like she grew up no- learning how to sing Whitney songs. Grew up learning how to sing Mariah songs. And yeah, also fun fact: Kelly knows how to whistle, so that's a fun yeah. little tidbit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Danny, your number. Uh, like, if it's a pure vocalist list, I do think she's somewhere around like seven to twelve. Like, in e- even trying to be a little more subjective, I just think in terms of like technical ability, emotive ability, like it's uh, pretty striking what kind of talent she has. I think she would be above Celine Dion, and I'm just going to say it because I think that she brings more emotion to her singing. I think she has a little bit more range to her sound and what she can do with her voice as like 10 out of 10 as Celine's voice is. With the conceit that Rolling Stone had, I don't know, so probably somewhere in the 30s. Yeah, like realistically, mm-hmm. if they like were in the right headspace, yeah, if yeah, they're like the in the first... right headspace, they probably would have put it in the twenties or thirty. But like honestly, yeah, like top ten, top fifteen singers of all time. Like, come on, y'all, like, where? Come on, like, let's give Kelly her props. Yeah, I feel like you yeah. can distinguish it between like pure vocal ability, then you can kind of broaden it to singers, which I feel like Rolling Stones did, or you could do like artists, in which case I artistry. Like if they but, said like top like two hundred artists of all time. Yeah, like and if it's an artist thing, then yes, I, if there's just been like such a rich history of music, it couldn't even begin to yeah. like. Because how did like Bob Dylan like, make uh, the top twenty list? Yeah, and he's like, known no for his, he's, Bob Dylan. No, I mean he's known for his his songwriting. I mean, I mean, I'm, yes. I guess like I guess I was thinking more of like the artist side because like you want to encompass yeah, no. everything. Okay. I guess that's kind of <laughs> why. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't love my answer, but I'm trying to be like in that Rolling Stone lens. It's not where I think she deserves to be. I think that's where yeah. that like yeah, yeah realistically yeah. like she should have. Yeah, I also I say all this yeah. without having really looked at that list because it was very obvious from the start what Rolling Stone yeah, was setting out to do and they achieved right. uh, probably yeah. more than they even imagined but yeah. this was totally like you guys mentioned last week it was totally designed to just generate some interest in a magazine that hasn't generated this much interest in a very long time 
Um, mm -hmm. And so I just kind of didn't like just out of pure pettiness and spite, I just like did not <laughs> click on it. <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, yeah. like honestly, because they they're trying to be relevant. They because they haven't been relevant since like a lot of us were in diapers. Honestly, well, <laughs> yeah. No shade. I yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, as soon as I saw she was one one ninety four, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time and looking at the rest of this list. But right. anyway, yeah, no, I I unfortunately looked through the list and it was just a, ugh, a big headache. I had to like close my computer afterwards. Jeremy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, like I I had my say about the Rolling Stone thing, so I'm just gonna say. Um, I'm also trying to be subjective. I'm trying to really think about the other artists who are on the list. Obviously, in my head, of course, I would put her, you know, number one. She's my favorite singer, so I would I would want her as number one on my list. But um, if I'm really truly looking at it subjectively from a music from a musicologist type of a perspective, I would probably have her in like the 22, 24 uh, range. Uh, probably, probably probably 22 if I had to. Because okay. there really have been some absolutely incredible singers on this planet in the last 50 years. And I certainly think that she's one of them. And I think that there are just some other little small factors that give people a little bit of an edge over her. Um, and the whole like, see now I think Rolling Stone sort of, they painted themselves into a corner because they said, you know, these are the greatest singers of all time. Well, then even before they listed anybody, they said, now, by the way, we know you're going to be mad. We're not talking about the best voices. We're talking about the best singers. So it's like, okay, well, then show your work. Like, who are the 200 greatest, you know, voices? Yeah. You know, you, you can't say that, like, it's yeah. not this, it's this. Then you have to show that as well. You can't just, you know, say, well, this is going to be, you know, the one that we're more interested in. Because, I don't know, They again, it's... Yeah, honestly, like, yeah, no, I had my say on the timeline for those that have seen, like, I was very passionate, and let's just say, like, ooh, I went off on Rolling Stone maybe a bit too much, but who cares? And I was surprised that they ranked Mariah, like, pretty high, because also, you know, she's one of the best voices of all time, like, but, like, they always do her dirty, because they, like, one of the writers, they have a bias against her and a bit of a hatred, so I'm like, well, I'm surprised she was ranked as high as she was, so yay for Mariah, but I'm like, mm -hmm. everyone else that was ranked yeah. too low, I'm like... Oof. I swear, yeah, I swear, if anyone listens to this and is like, Pam put her so low, I do not come for you guys. <laughs> like, I also went first and had no basis as to where anyone else was going with this. I love nobody's, Kelly. She's nobody's coming my, for you. Well, well, I will be watching our Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> do not give me any hate. <laughs> You have you have four people who have got your back. Thank you. Do not do not worry. No no one come for Pam. Thank you. <laughs> I'll protect do you. Do not throw stones. Thank there you, you guys. Go. She's number yes. one in my book. Remember <laughs> That's that. right. Remember uh, that. Danny, Brett, and Jay, thank you so much for being a part of our roundtable episode this week. It has been so fun to to meet you guys and to get your insights in uh, all things Kelly. We certainly do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you guys. Thank you so much to uh, to the guys for being on the podcast today, uh, Brett and uh, Danny and Jay, all with excellent insights into uh, the world of Kelly. It's always great to hear other people's opinions. I think the thing that I'm going to walk away with Pam from this episode is that there is still a a want and a desire out there for a Vegas residency that really did surprise me. Yeah, people still have like a glimmer of hope um, that yeah. they, they, Vegas is going to happen. So 
You know what? We're going to wait and see. Um, As always, we'd love to hear your opinions on some of the topics that we spoke about today. So you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Miss Into Podcast. If you listen on the Spotify app, please consider leaving us a rating there. And if you listen on Apple, you can, um, if you feel so inclined to leave us a rating and review, that would really help other Kelly Clarkson fans find our podcast. So we would appreciate that. And until next week, we will see you then. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com. 